0: Today, I wanted to address the COVID thing. The numbers are rising. And we don't really, we don't take it for granted. We don't take it lightly. It is, people are sick with it. It is, the numbers are increasing in this area. But I want to encourage you in a few things. Third John chapter 2 said, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. It is God's will that we be in health. And that that is ground zero of where our belief and what we believe and what we think needs to stand. God has created our bodies to be amazing. And they, he wants them to be healthy, but we have a part to play. So, I don't want to be sound insolent, but I want to, there are things we can do in the natural, and there's things we can do in the spiritual realm. And I just want to encourage you to, to do that. It's, The masks, in my opinion, are just minimally effective. And the biggest problem with them is that they give us a sense of false security. So, you know, mask mandate or not mandate, whatever, just do what you got to do with the masks. But there are other things that I believe that are much more effective in keeping us healthy and well. It's God's desire for us to be in health. You have to understand that. You have to get that in your heart. There's nowhere in the world in the word of God that talks about him making us sick. There are things we need to do and he expects us to do things in the natural because he create like I said he created our bodies wonderful machines but we have to keep the machine fine tuned. There are things and they're very simple, very easy really. Number 1 get plenty of rest. We live in a culture that that overworking and overexertion is is kind of um, exemplified. But we need to make sure to get plenty of rest. Your body's designed to need a certain amount of rest. We need to eat healthy. You, you know, you can go to Walmart any day you want, and you can see people with their masks on and their carts full of Diet Pop and Ho-Hos. You know, and... Really, you know, the mask is only going to do so much good in that situation. We need to eat healthy. Two of the big things with COVID is low oxygen levels. And the other thing is low oxygen levels. And we need to, I just lost it, low oxygen levels and blood clotting. The two things are blood clot. So there are things you can do to promote that. Exercise is something the American people, a lot of people just have an aversion to. And you don't have to go out and run marathons, but just cardiovascular exercise increases your red blood cells, which makes your body more able to process and produce the oxygen that it needs. It's really easy. And all you have to do, you know, go for a walk four times a week, five times a week, ride a bike. We have a wonderful why here. Take advantage of it. But, you know, it can be just as simple as taking a walk, but that encourages your immune system to be working the way it should. Fresh air. You want oxygen? You want fresh air. Get outside. The other thing that's very important, and you don't hear much about it, but take vitamin D. Vitamin D prohibits virus, whether it's COVID or any other virus, so you should be taking large doses of vitamin D. Most people in America do not get enough vitamin D anymore. You can take up to 10,000 units a day. When Mike has his blood tests, he just tends to run a quart low in vitamin D. So the doctor has him always taking 10,000 units of vitamin D. And if you're a woman, especially over 50, you should be taking calcium, but your body doesn't effectively use calcium absorbent unless you have vitamin D. So you need to take vitamin D anyway. So I take like 5,000 units a day. The other thing is people that have been really sick with COVID have low zinc levels. So you need to take zinc. And your multivitamins have enough zinc in them. And then baby aspirin. The clotting thing, if you take a baby aspirin, especially at bedtime, it keeps your blood thin enough that it prohibits the clotting. We know a nurse that works in an ICU unit, in a COVID unit, and he has COVID right now, and he's not very sick. But what he's doing is he takes a baby aspirin at bedtime, and he takes one in the morning. And those are just such simple things But I don't think we should overlook them. The mask isn't going to do it all. Then there are things we need to do spiritually. Number one, we need to have faith over fear. Fear attracts problems. Faith keeps the problems at bay. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We need to have the word. You need to be listening. And we've been talking to you a lot about this. You need to hear the word of God. Read the word of God. Get the word of God in your hearts more than you need the news right now. You just don't really need to be listening to doubt, unbelief, and lies. We need to be listening to the truth. This is one we don't talk about much, but in Jude chapter 1, verse 20, you can look it up sometime. It says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be teaching about that more in the future. But when you pray in the Spirit, what it does, it's like going to the weight room for your spirit man. It keeps you strong spiritually. It builds up the spiritual muscles, and you want your spirit to be an ascendancy of above your mind because your mind is where the stupidness comes from, okay? So we want to do that. In Hebrews chapter 10, I'll read this for you, and I read some in Hebrews last week. Verses 10, verses 23 through 25. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. That's all I'm doing right now is trying to just stir up good works in your life to keep you healthy and safe. And that's why we do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. We're all out in the world. You all get bombarded with doubt and unbelief and fears and all these things. We need to stick together. And then finally, you know what I really come here for is to teach on finances But this is so important, and we've gone over this and over this and over this. In Malachi chapter 3, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Because if you read that chapter, there are promises that go along with tithing. And that's the one thing where God says you can test him and you can prove him and you can put him to the test on this. If you do that, if the windows of heaven will be open and pour you out a blessing, we all need that right now, And the devourer is rebuked for your sake. So you can have that to stand on and believe. And not only just for you and your family, but I believe there's a community benefit for tithing. What I do affects you. What you do affects me. And what we do here affects the whole community that we live in. So, ushers, you may go ahead and receive this morning's tithes and offerings. I encourage you this week, just take some time to be thankful Have some fun, be blessed, and stay healthy.
1: in your Bibles, find Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, then I'll give you just a little bit of a review here, and uh, we've been on a, a series all year called Prepare, everyone say prepare, proceed and possess, that's the hour in which the church is living, the church has not been possessing like it should. But this year, you know, we've been hearing what the, the prophets are saying and, and, uh, it's time for the church to wake up and be the church. Amen? The church, you should not come to church to be entertained. I'm not an entertainer. I'm a preacher. And so you should not come to get your ears tickled, but you should come and hear the truth. And sometimes it's going to make you angry. If, if I don't preach the word and you don't get upset, I'm not doing my job. Well, that went over big. We're in a new season. Say new season. We've talked about that. The church is in a new season. And it's going to be a glorious season. It doesn't mean it's going to be battle free. We're going to have spiritual battles. After Trump gets back in the White House for the next four years, I'll tell you what, I think some of the left's going to go underground, but you're still going to have some skirmishes. And so we need to be prepared for that. We said number two, the believer in this new season must take personal responsibility to prepare. Say prepare. You and I have a personal responsibility to prepare ourselves spiritually. You agree with that? And the reason we need to prepare is because this, God is, is pouring out His Spirit and not just upon this nation, upon this world. And we have to do the work of an evangelist. Say, evangelist. There are people out there that need Christ. You know people that need Jesus. And so we have work to do. Amen? And so we need to to get ready for that. Number three, we said it will take courage and obedience to possess our spiritual inheritance. The church cannot afford to be weak and wimpy. The church is ordained by the Father God to be strong. Amen? And so we need to be strong and we need to be full of courage. Number four, there's a separation from the world occurring. The ecclesia or the church has been called forth and separated in this hour to serve the purposes of God. There's not only a separation in the world, but let me, I've told you this and I don't know if you believe this, but there is a separation in the church itself. Because some in the church will decide not to go forward. That's not me. And I, I believe that's not you. But there are some that are gonna stay behind. Doesn't mean God doesn't love them and God is not a God of mercy. But I'll tell you what, there's always been a remnant. Everyone say the word remnant. There's always been a remnant that will serve the purposes of God. And this is, church is a remnant church. Amen. We don't go with the flow of what Man thinks we want to follow after what God desires. Now, here's the central truth. And I was so glad that that Abe sang this today. Jesus be the center of our life. Everything the church does in the days ahead must depend on Jesus Christ. Everything must center around Jesus. It can't be Hollywood preachers, mega churches. There are churches like this throughout this nation. Nobody knows about them, but they've been faithful. The people have served God and loved God and been faithful. And those, you know, people in those churches are gonna rise up, that remnant, And do the work of the ministry in the days ahead. And we're going to see, I believe, multitudes of people come to Christ. And I believe we're going to see miracles. Not just through the five-fold ministry gifts of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. But we're going to see miracles through your hands everyday life, where, what, what you're doing, you might be at Walmart, you might be in your neighborhood, wherever, and you have a neighbor that, that is sick, or a neighbor that has a need, and you minister to that. And that's going to glorify Jesus. You've been ordained by God to bring glory to His Son. God's presence, number one, in His Word must be the believer's number one priority. We're going to talk about that today. Number two, the Word of God must be the the believer's spiritual foundation. What's your foundation? Many Christians, and with this election, you can tell their their spiritual foundation hasn't been Jesus Christ because they're full of fear. They're talking defeat. They're throwing rocks at the prophets. The words that have been going forth prophetically all year that it, it, yes, there's judgment begins at the house of God, but, but there are good things on the horizon. The Word of God must be the believer's spiritual foundation. Number three, the believer must continually abide in the Word. Now, look at Colossians, are you there? We're going to talk about the principle of priority. The principle of priority. I want to read this spirit-inspired prayer that Paul prays, and in the Colossians, Ephesians, and the book of Philippians, there's some spirit-inspired prayers, and I, I pray these every day. They're good. And here's one of them, and, and this, you'll see the principle of priority come through here towards the end of this. I'm going to begin in uh, verse nine, 9. It says, for this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Every day you could say, Father, fill me with the knowledge of your will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him. How many of you want to please Him? Being fruitful in every good work. How many of you want to be fruitful? Increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and longsuffering with joy. Giving thanks to the Father who's qualified us. To be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light, He has delivered us. Is that, what tense is that? Past tense. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers, all things were created through him and for him and he is before all things and in him all things consist now listen and he is the head of the body the church who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead that in all things i said all that to get to this point that in all things everyone say all things that in all things he may have the what Preeminence! That's a big word. That, who are we, who is this all about, this scripture? Jesus! So Jesus should have the what, say it, preeminence! Protuo. Protuo is the, the Greek word and it, for preeminence, and it means this, to be first. Bottom line. Be first. Have first place. So that He Himself might come to have first place in everything. Let me ask you this. Does Jesus Christ have the preeminence in your life? Is He first place in your life? And when we say Jesus, who is Jesus? The living Word of God. So could we say, does the Word of God have priority? Preeminence first place in your life. Well, pastor, you don't realize how busy I am. We've got a family. We've got this. We've got that. We all have that. We all have to deal with the affairs of life. But there's, there's come a point, and this is where the church is at right now. It's time we put our big boy pants on. Bottom line. The church has to be the church. You know, we're good at talking the talk. But what about walking the walk? Amen? Are you listening? So he has to have the preeminence. Look at Matthew 6. These are all scriptures you know. Here's a very familiar passage of scripture. In Matthew chapter 6. Look at verse 31. <clears throat> Therefore do not what? Yeah, but pastor, the COVID virus, COVID-19, it's rampant. What did Jesus say? Don't worry. Saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but, say but, but seek, here's the word, priority, principle of priority, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble see we need to realize that God is a God of order God our Heavenly Father is a God of order and everything he does is in decency and in order everything we should do in our life there should be order amen You know, I like things in order. I'm just kind of, I don't think I'm borderline maybe obsessive-compulsive. I don't know. Not really. (laughs) You know, I just like order. You know, I married a woman. She's not out of order. She's definitely in spiritual order. But she doesn't get concerned about some things being out of order. And I get a little more concerned about it. I like order. God likes order. God is to be first. We should. There, we have no choice or saying the matter. His order is priority. God's kingdom order should be priority in our life. He said this. He said in Exodus, "You shall have no other gods before me." That means he's number one. That means he's first. Look at 1 Kings chapter 3. This is a great story. I like this story. 1 Kings chapter 3. How many of you know who Solomon was? He had a good start, but he didn't have a good end. (laughs) 1 Kings chapter 3. Solomon had a dream in verse 5. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in a brightness of heart with you. You've continued this great kindness for him, and you've given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O oh Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I'm a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. See, he's in the process of humbling himself here. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding a heart to judge your people. That I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord. You hear that? At Solomon had asked this thing. And then God said to him. Because you've asked this thing. And have not asked long life for yourself. Nor have asked riches for yourself. Nor have asked for the life of your enemies. But you've asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold. I've done according to your words. See, I've given you a wise and understanding heart, so there's not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you and i've also given you what you've not asked for both riches and honor so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all of your days so if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father david walked then i will lengthen your days then solomon solomon awoke and indeed had been a dream and he came to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, offered up burnt offerings, offered peace offerings, and made a feast for all of his servants. I, I wanted you to see that. Was Solomon a great king? Did he accomplish a lot? The end of his life was sad because the women got him all messed up. The women will do that. One, one will do that, too. I mean, you don't need 700, but... He got away, got away from God and the wisdom of God that he asked for. So every day, what do you ask for? What do you ask for when you have time with the Father and you're praying? Are you just praying, asking for things, wealth, and riches, you know, power, you know, a better job, a better boss, a better preacher? What are you asking God for? I hope you're asking for wisdom. Because that's the the principle of priority. If you put wisdom first, if you put God first, all these other things that you need, He'll take care of. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added on to you. Now look at Jeremiah. I'm giving you, making you turn in your Bible today. Jeremiah chapter 9. We're talking about the principle of priority. Jesus Christ should have preeminence in our life. We should seek first his kingdom above everything else. Jeremiah 9 verse 23. I love this, this scripture. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches. Wisdom, might, and riches. What do you suppose the most of the world is seeking for? But, let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me. Oh, that's such a good scripture. You should mark that in your Bible. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I'm the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Do you know why the church is so upset and distressed and, you know, concerned and full of worry and fear? Because they don't know Him. If they knew who God was, that He's the, every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there's no variableness nor shadow of turning. He's the giver of every good gift. But see, what the sad thing is, the church seeks the gift and not the giver. They seek His presence and not His presence. Did you get that? You can, you can seek presence, gifts, but not His true presence. It's so vital and it's so important now in this hour that we get to know Jesus. I've been a Christian. I came through the charismatic revival in the 70s. Young man, 21, 22 years old born again, filled with the Spirit of God. I've told you some of the story. My sister was a Catholic and went to, was in living in Florida, and my father, we were Methodists. And I wasn't a very good Methodist. Mike, are you going to get out of bed and go to church tomorrow? No, uh-uh, I'm staying in bed. I was too hungover. My father went to a catholic church with my sister where the priest laid hands on him he got filled with the holy ghost and spoke with tongues Your catholic background god can move in i don't care what denomination when the glory of god falls on the church it's gonna it's a river and it's gonna spill over in other denominations when my father came back and i'd say to my mother in the morning what's he doing in the shower and he's down there mumbling, praying. He's praying in tongues, praying in the spirit. And I thought, what in the world is this? But you know what? God got a hold of me. And I began to think, you know, I, I need to get to know him. I, and in me was birth a desire and a hunger to know God. And I purposed, I'm going to Bible school, and that summer I met her, and she'd already been to Oral Roberts. We ended up going, back, getting married and going back, and, and uh, I got to know him. But I, I said all that to say this, I'm 63 years old now, and I don't know him enough. Huh. There's so much to know about God, but I can tell you this, there's a greater hunger in the preacher. There's a greater desire that's been birthed within me. Reminiscent of the 70's where I want God. I want to experience God. I want to know more about Him. I want to be in His presence. I want to see miracles. I just don't want to come to church and sing three fast songs and two slow ones. Have a little sermonette and go home. I want to see God move. I want to see God shake. The church. That's, that's the God I want to get to know. Look at Mark chapter 3. I'll quit here in a second. I I, never, I always have more information than, than I need to give at one time. I love God. I love my Father. And my love for God is, has, and Kathy and I, our love for God has kept us steady all these years. There's times we don't understand things, why things happen. But I can tell you, I'm so glad. I, my, my house is built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. I detest religion. I hate it, but I love Jesus. I hate it when men put rules and regulations and you got to do this and you got to do that. Now, there's a fine line, God's, a, we're saved by grace. But I'm telling you, when you love God so much, you're not want to. you know, I, I was listening the other day, um, who was it? I don't remember who I was listening to. And she was talking about angels and how we all have guardian angels. How many think you got guardian angels? Do you? And it talked about a guardian angels, you know, from when you're in your mother's womb, knit together, fearfully and wonderfully made in your mother's womb. And from then on, that angel is there to, to watch over you. And she said she'd had an experience with angels, and, and I'm, I won't get into that. That's another whole interesting thing, but... God had told her you know they about the guardian angels, but how many times the angels have to cover their eyes because of what you and I are doing, what you and I are looking at, what you and I are watching what you get what i'm saying and and it it- it brought conviction it's you know realizing that. Our angels are right there and they're watching and observing. And then when we die and go to heaven, that angel's going to be there and that angel's going to look at you and say, why did you listen to that? Why did you watch that? Why did you go into that place? Why did you get into strife? Why, 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 why? i tell you what, you you'll be more careful and well the guy that was talking about how how many i don't my god the the percentages of men in pornography it's unbelievable in the church i got off i'm sorry on a rabbit trail mark three fourteen. This is a great scripture. Everyone say this with me. Intimacy before ministry. This is where the 12 apostles are called. In Mark 3, verse 13, it says, And he went up on the mountain, and he called to him those he himself wanted, and they came to him. And now listen, Then he appointed 12 that they might be, say it, With him. He appointed twelve that they might be, say it, with him. And that he might send them out to preach and have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. We are ordained and called by Jesus just to spend time with him. You can get caught up in all the busyness of ministry and thinking you've got to go there and do this and do that. You can fall into that trap. Preachers can get into that trap where they're so in, caught up in their, their, um, programs. And yes, there's nothing wrong with programs if God called you to have that program, but if He didn't, don't just do it because some other church is doing it. As a young preacher, I struggled at times because other churches were doing this and they were doing that. And they had this ministry and they had that ministry. But I realized early on, the most important ministry is this ministry. Before this ministry. Intimacy with God is more important than ministry to people. Because if you are in fellowship with God daily, you will know how to minister effectively to people. You'll know where to go. You'll know what to say. You'll be led by the Spirit. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. But if you're just caught up in doing this, and you got to do this, and you got to witness here, you got to go here, da-da-da-da-da, you're, you're just a mess. Jeremiah Johnson says this. He says, we must refuse to do ministry apart from the place of intimacy with God. Our highest priority is not connecting with people. It's connecting with God. How can we effectively minister to people if we First, do not learn how to minister to the Lord my time with God my mornings are with God and i'm I realize you people work you got you got jobs but you 're going to have to figure out what works for you what time during uh, you know, twenty four years... Our period during the day, what works for you? How can you give Jesus preeminence? How can you give his word first place in your life? You've got to figure it out. You young couples, man, I'll I, I tell you what. When you're raising your kids and they got functions and they got this, my hat's off to you. I've been there, done that, and I'm glad that's over with. But you're going to have to figure out how to put Jesus first. I can't tell you how to do it. You've got to work it out yourself. It doesn't have to be for an hour. Start with 10 or 15 minutes. I told Mike the other day, I says, when you're going to work up to Brad's, it takes 10, 15 minutes. I said, pray in the Spirit. Coming home at night, pray in the Spirit. Figure it out, folks. It's not rocket science. Amen? One more scripture and I'll end. Let's look at um, Luke 10. Luke chapter 10. Remember, if I, I said, if I end, I end. So you won't be nervous. <laughs> I don't want you nervous. I want you to have peace. If the preacher's going to quit, he's going to quit. Luke 10, look at verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, who what? What did she do? Is that preeminence? Is that making Jesus first? Is that humility bowing at the feet of Jesus? Sat at Jesus's feet, and heard his word, sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word sat at Jesus' feet and listened to his word. But Martha, there's no Marthas here, is there today? Okay, I don't want to offend you. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care? She was indignant that my sister has left me to serve alone. Therefore, tell her to help me. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. When you hear your name mentioned twice by Jesus, you better listen. Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. And that's where the church is at right now. Worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. Say it. One thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part. Which will not be taken away from her. One thing, folks, you got to get down at the feet of Jesus. Every day, you got to get down at the feet of Jesus. You've got to make his word priority. I'll stop there. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. How many would say, Preacher, I do have a lot of things to do every day? We all, we all do. Allow the Holy Spirit to show you how to sit at the feet of Jesus. And Father, I pray right now in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, Everyone that's listening to me this morning, all of us in this room, I pray, Lord God, that we would give Jesus preeminence and make him first place, his word first place in our life every day. I pray, Lord, there be a a stirring within your hearts To know Jesus more intimately. To know the Father God more intimately. A hunger and thirst for righteousness. A desire to seek first the kingdom. Let that be there in your spirit. If it's not there, ask God to stir and fan the flames and the embers of your heart. That there be a greater passion and desire to know Jesus. Father, I pray for the people this morning, that they will set their affections on things above and take their eyes off the things that's going on around them now. I bind distractions in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, you are not a God of confusion, but of peace. And I pray the peace of God to guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Oh, Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, deal with all of our hearts this day to seek the face of our Father. Let that be your heart's cry, people. He'll not let you down. He'll not disappoint you. He loves you with an everlasting love. And the thoughts that he thinks towards you are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future, a hope, and expected end. All of us as believers, we have a future. It's bright. This nation has a future that's bright. So guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. Guard what you look at. Guard what you listen to. Watch the words that you speak. Draw near to Him and He'll draw near to you. That's His promise. We love you, Father. Everyone say, your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you pray like that, you cry out to God like that every day, you're going to be all right. Amen. Is there anyone here today? Does everyone know Jesus? Let me see your hands. I don't take it for granted. Jesus, Lord and Savior, is there anyone here today, today that needs prayer for your physical body? If you're sick, we pray for the sick. We lay hands on the sick and they recover. Amen. Good. Anything else, Mother, I need to say? Go out and act like royalty. Go out today and this week and act like you know who you are and who you serve. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Everyone here is important to the body of Christ and needed. Amen? And look at your neighbor and say, everything he said is true. Amen. God bless you. Have a good week.